You're listening to the Women in Western podcast with your host, Cheyenne Draves. This is a lifestyle podcast where we discuss everything from faith to family, business and fitness with an emphasis on the glam and grit of women in the Western lifestyle community. Grab a coffee and go for a walk or a drive. Let's chat and inspire each other to be the best version of ourselves. Hello, ladies. Welcome to another episode of the Women in Western podcast. I hope you guys loved the bonus episode that was this Monday, just two days ago. Um, Like I said, I felt really bad about missing this interview last week, so I wanted to give you guys some bonus content to get you through this week. I don't know about you guys, but September is an insanely busy month for me and my family. Um, Mostly because hunting season is starting. There's a lot of birthdays and we, you know, for me, I teach dental school in September. So I'll be gone for a couple weeks this month teaching equine dental school. And we have two weddings that we have to go to this month. So September is going to be wild. And while I don't have a new highlight for the week because I just recorded two days ago and gave you guys a highlight then, um, my kind of like highlight that I'm looking forward to is we leave, um, well, this is being recorded on a Tuesday right before releasing on Wednesday. Um, It is currently 8.51 p.m. and I'm recording this. and this intro for this interview. And it'll go live here in a couple hours at midnight um, Wednesday. And midnight tonight is actually when our alarms are going to go off and we are going to start driving up to Montana and going to my husband's cousin's wedding. And we are so excited to see family up there. It's going to be an amazing trip. We love Montana. So any excuse for us to go up there is just a blast. So we are so excited to be up there with family for a couple days in the Livingston area. That being said, um, we'll just go right on into the interview so I can shut my eyes for a couple hours and get moving. Um, So this week's episode, like I said, it's been planned for a while. I had to postpone it last week and it's in person because it is my good friend, Michaela McCall, and she is the owner of Blue Roan Turquoise here in Northern Colorado. And she just recently started her business um, a little over a year ago. And I am so excited for you guys to hear this interview. Um, She had a completely different plan for her life before she decided she wanted to be a business owner and start her own boutique with Turquoise. So I'm so excited for you guys to give this a listen. She also has a lot of insight and kind of um, just you know, stories about being a cowboy's wife. She's a newlywed and she's married to a full-time cowboy. And as some of us know, that lifestyle is insane. So I'm so excited for you guys to hear all about it. Without further ado, let's get right on into the interview. All right, everybody. I am sitting here with Michaela McCall, who is the owner of Blue Run Turquoise, and we are doing an in-person interview, so she's here at my house. Um, This is the interview that got postponed from last week uh, when I woke up deathly ill from COVID. So, Michaela, welcome to the podcast. We're so excited to have you here. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Hi, thanks, Cheyenne. Yeah, my name is Michaela. Um, I am the owner of Blue Run Turquoise. And I am local here to Colorado. I was born and raised here in Fort Collins, and I currently live in Longmont with my husband, Ken. And I'm really excited to be here. A little nervous, but I'm excited. Oh, it's totally fine. Podcasting is its own thing. You're going to do great. Um, So tell us a little bit about how you met your husband, you know, you living here in Colorado, and um, your relationship with your husband, kind of how you guys met, and then what he does for a living. Okay, yeah. So... I really like to meet people the organic way, and Ken and I's story is definitely that. Very Um, organic. (laughs) I used to work for a business who traveled around and did trade shows. They'd go to NFR and Houston and San Antonio, and they'd come to Denver at the National Western. And I was working a booth for him, and I saw a group of guys kept walking by. One of them, like, really caught my attention. (laughs) And um, I kept smiling at him as he walked by. And after a while, he came into the booth, and we talked for a little bit. His name is Waylon. This is not my husband. Oh, Um, my gosh. (laughs) See, I didn't know this. I don't think I for sure know how you guys met. So yep, I'm very Waylon. interested to hear this story. I'm <laughs> expecting you to say Ken McCall. And she's like, no, his name's Waylon. Great. Okay. 
Story takes a um, turn. <laughs> so he came into the booth. At the time, I was 24. Um, he came into the booth, and we started talking, and I noticed he had X's on his hands. And <laughs> I thought... So we all know what that means. The X yeah. on the hands means under 21. <laughs> that so, means no go for age. <laughs> yeah. Um, he was really nice, and we talked, and he asked for my phone number, and I asked how old he was. He told me he was 20, and I... Wasn't sure I wanted to give him my phone number, so I asked him to come back. And I don't know, I thought that would scare that would scare away a lot of guys. They oh, would yeah. not come back. No. And so a couple hours later into the evening, he came back and asked for my phone number and I thought, Wow, that kid has that takes a lot of courage Persistent. and some balls. Yeah. So <laughs> I gave him my phone number. And we went out to dinner once, and it was just like, we were just friends. See, I didn't know any of this. And Waylon, for those of you guys that, well, I'm going to do a little backstory here, and I probably should have said this before (laughs) you started talking, but um, my husband, when he used to cowboy for this company here in Colorado, um, Waylon is someone that used to work with him and work for him. So my husband works for this company that um, Waylon was an employee there, so... This is all really funny to me. I did not know this. Yeah. So we went out to dinner once, and then another time I just came and hung out at the house at the ranch, and his two other roommates, Ken being one of them, was there, and I just sat and talked to everybody. Like, it was really chill, just like friends, not like, like it wasn't really going anywhere, and both Waylon and I knew that. Um, And then a week later... I went back to the ranch and hung out with them all. Actually, Josh went out to the bars with us, Cheyenne's husband. Oh, so my gosh. This is the night. We I went to Breakers This is Longmont. Okay. I have a story about this night. <laughs> so there was one night. Did I tell you this story? Yeah, I think where so. Where I was still living up in Fort Collins. This was when Josh and I were dating. And Josh was like, yeah, I'm going out with all of the guys tonight. It's a guy's night. And I had the night off. I wasn't working. And I'm like, I want to go. Like, I want to go hang out. He's like, Cheyenne, this is a guy's night. Like, the guy said that it's a guy's night. This is what we're doing. And I'm like, fine. Come to find out there was other girls there. And I was was pissed because I was just sitting in my house drinking a glass of wine wanting to go have fun. And he was like, they said it was going to be a guy's night, but now they brought girls. So, yeah, this night, like, cracks me up. But anyways, okay, Breakers and Longmont. Yeah, so I had picked them all up and drove them to Breakers. And we went out and played pool and just a lot of fun. And Ken was there, and then my sister drove us all back to the ranch. And before we left, uh, Ken and I exchanged phone numbers. And then, uh, like, a week or two later, he was in Fort Collins. My husband's a farrier, so he shoes horses for a living. And he was up at CSU trimming for, um, some recipient mares at CSU in their um, repro. Yeah, their repro program up yeah. there. Yeah, repro. Um, center. Yeah, but he was with his friend Tyler, and we went to Illegal Pete's and had drinks, like happy hour drinks. I remember it was a Monday. And afterwards, I went and had dinner at Bojo's with a friend, and I was, like, kind of dressed up. And she was like, well, where were you, you know? And I said, oh, I just had drinks with the man I'm going to marry one day. Keeping in mind, like, this is the first time other than Breakers that I had spent any time with Ken. And it was Ken and his friend um, Tyler. So she thought, oh, that's funny. Like, what guy is this? Like, I don't, I didn't know about anything. And I was like, oh, yeah, this guy I met last week. Like, (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to marry him. Mark my words. (laughs) Good for you. You called so, it. Um, yeah, that's kind. Of, that's how we met, and then it was we were just kind of friends for about a year. Um, we hadn't talked to each other all summer, and then Ken called me out of the blue one day and said he was driving through Fort Collins on his way to Utah to go pick up his friend Logan and some horses to come back for Josh and Cheyenne's wedding, and so we. I said, okay, like, I haven't talked to this guy in three and a half months, and I'm fixing to just bail in the pickup with him and go to Utah. And oh, so he was just going to pick you up. He's like, I'm coming. I'm picking yep. you up, and we're going to Utah. Wow. <laughs> and so I called my dad and was like, Dad, because I have a dog, and I was living at home at the time. I said, Dad, can you watch Willie for, like, a day? I'll be home tomorrow, but I'm going to Utah with some guy I met. And I wish I could see (laughs) the look on my dad's face when I said that. But, yeah, we went to Utah, and the next morning we 
gathered some cows off of like mountain pasture. And he really just like put you in there and baptize you with fire. He was like, yeah. okay, we're going to see what this girl can do. Yeah. Keeping in mind, I hadn't, I did not grow up around horses. Both my sisters were in 4-H and I wanted nothing to do with horses. <laughs> LOL. Look oh, at look who at your, I married. Yeah. Look at your life. Now. Um, <laughs> but so he put me on a horse and that was the first time I rode a horse in like 15 years. And we rode all day long looking for these cows throughout like sagebrush and trees, like it was something else, but I remember getting in the pickup to come home, and I was, like, crying because I didn't want to leave. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I love that. I thought you were going to say you were crying because that was, like, such a hard day, but that is so fun. I love no, that. It was just, like, reassurance. Like, there was, when he called and was, like, come with me to go to Utah, there was, like, no. No question. No question. I was, like, I have to work tomorrow, but I will find a way to make it because, yeah, absolutely. of course I want to go. Like. Yeah. Oh, I love that. So it was nice. We just picked up right where we left off. And so. So fun. And the rest is history. So you guys kind of just like blossomed from there and kept dating. And then um, tell us a little bit about um, what you're. So thinking about that, like, it sounds like he just kind of like came out of nowhere. And definitely just like was like, okay, you're part of this now. And so what was your life plans before Ken came to the picture? Like you were living in Fort Collins. What were you up to? Like, what were you doing for a career? Like what were the plans? So I initially started out going to architecture school in Kansas. And after spending like every waking moment in studio my freshman year, and I would be like all nighters and my roommates wouldn't see me for weeks at a time. I decided I wanted something that was more flexible, something where I didn't have to sit at a computer all day, something like I just, I wanted to be outside. So I switched my major to health and exercise science and I moved home to Fort Collins and transferred to CSU where I got my bachelor's in health and exercise science. And then I was thinking physical therapy and I worked in the training room at CSU Um, traveling with football and working for volleyball and uh, men and women's basketball and and all those sports, just helping with rehab and prehab and taping and first aid and taking them to doctor's appointments. I got to sit in on a couple of orthopedic surgeries for some of our football players, which was really cool. Um, and so that kind of led me to want to pursue a a career in healthcare. And after I graduated, I started working at a cardiology office in Longmont and I loved it. I loved meeting all the patients and just, I don't know. I, I really like meeting people. I've bartended. I've like done a lot of things where I just get to meet people and And it goes back to that job that you had too where you're working conventions where you just got to like meet people all the time. So So definitely one of that was my favorite thing and I learned so much. I worked with one cardiologist mainly and I worked there for about three years and then I decided I was gonna try and get into PA school. So I wanted to be a physician's assistant. And PA school is, like, equally as tough as med school. Um, You don't have to take an MCAT, but there are, like, entry exams and stuff like that. And I tried. I applied to a dozen schools and didn't get in. And this was, like, fall 2019, like, spring of 2020, so right when COVID was about to hit. And then I didn't get into school. I applied to nursing school. I was... And this was right kind of like when I met you and started yeah. like hanging out with you and met you because we got married fall 2019 and that's kind of like when you and Ken started getting serious. So that's kind of like when I started to like know who, about you and I was in the process of trying to go to vet school and you were trying to get into PA school. But I felt like when COVID happened like and you not getting um, admittance into PA school was like a huge shift in you. Like, yes. It COVID was a blessing a in disguise. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, Ken and I started dating like... March of 2020, um, and I didn't, wasn't getting into school, wasn't getting into school. I tried again last year, so 2021, and, um, I just thought, well, like, 
I'm just not supposed to do this. Like, I really love it and I like this, but this just isn't what I'm supposed to do with my life. Yeah, you started and... kind of, like, losing the passion for it because you're like, I mean, if I was meant to be doing this, I'd be doing it. And yeah. I'm not getting yeah. in. And that was kind of the same for me for vet school, too. And unfortunately, like, I don't want to be political on here, but I didn't want to be vaccinated. And I knew going into healthcare that if I was going to work in a hospital or a clinic setting or anything like that, that I was going to be forced to have a vaccine. And so I just thought, well, that's like, I'm not going to do that. Well, like, and I think it changed choice. a lot for you too. That's kind of what I was alluding to is it doesn't have to be political, but healthcare changed so much with COVID yes. and the expectations of anyone in healthcare. And I think a lot of people decided in that time, like this ain't for me, like yeah. all these people working this hard underappreciated, like, and being forced to get a medical procedure done that we don't want. So no, I totally, I totally think that's valid. Yeah. So I just, I thought, well, what, and Ken's job, so he works for the same ranch that Josh used to work for, and they move over to the western slope of Colorado for the fall to lease all the horses out to hunters over there, so I didn't want to be stuck in Longmont or in Fort Collins working a 9 to 5 Monday through Friday, not getting to spend four months with my fiance and now husband um, I just wanted something that was a little more flexible, so I started brainstorming some of my passions and um, what I could turn into a living. So I love that it. was kind of... Well, yeah, that kind of leads into our next question I was going to ask you. Is like, what inspired that um, want for change? Like, what inspired you to want to get like just a big change from like healthcare, working for someone else, to being your own boss and that kind of thing? Um, I, after meeting Ken, I have worked with children since I was 16 and that was really good when I was young. And I have just loved working with younger kids, like toddler, like two to five is like my favorite age. And so I teach swim lessons in the summertime and I just like Ken came around and I like knew I was going to marry him and we got engaged and I just thought I want to be a stay at home mom or I want to be a mom who at least works from home, has something that I can do for my home so that my first priority every day when I wake up is to be the best mom and to be the best wife that I can be. And so that led me into like that was a big priority. And so what I, whenever I was thinking of choosing what I could do for a career, I had that in mind is like, what can I also do in between, you know, taking kids to ice skating practice or hockey or, yeah. you know, whatever. And not having to, you know, have to call someone else if your kid is sick yeah. to say, I or need miss to out on taking them to those things or miss out on games or miss out on just some of the little you know, day-to-day -day moments and milestones that your kids do. Exactly, and I relate to that so much because I um, got into business with Dandy Lashes when I was six months pregnant because I knew that I didn't want to miss out on all those things and I wanted to be the most present mom. So I totally relate to that of, like, being a mom and being a good wife and being home for my family was so important. So making a career change is definitely like based on that. Um, so tell us about Blue Roan Turquoise. So this is where Blue Roan Turquoise was born. Tell us about how you decided to get into that and kind of like what happened and what sparked that. So I have a pair of earrings that I actually wore on my wedding day. Um, these were a hand-me-down. They belonged to my great-grandma, who was a tough woman. Um, she was born and raised in Cody, Wyoming, which is just outside, like, it's, it's on the north side near the Montana border. Um, really rugged, bighorn mountain country. Um, and she just, she was a tough lady. They used to be hers. Can we just, like, have a moment of appreciation for women that were born, like, in that generation and before, like, out in the mountains? Because when I had my daughter, I remember, like, having so many issues, like, ha you know, postpartum, and I was like, women used to have babies in wagons going across the damn plains. So I feel <laughs> yeah. like women back then were, like, a different breed. Way tougher So, sometimes. yeah, I can totally <laughs> see that, yeah. Um, but I, my mom, she gave them to my mom, um, 
and she had actually purchased these earrings in Telluride, Colorado. They're still on the original, like, paper backing, and in her handwriting it says, like, where she bought them, and, like, she was with my mom when she bought them, and then it says, like, her name. Oh, my gosh, and so, that's so special. Super special, yeah. So it just, it was passed on for, to my mom, and then my mom gave them to me, and it was just, like, a... To me, it was just, like, a part of, like, Western lifestyle and, like, heritage that was being passed down to me. Um, and I got those, like, five years ago. So before, like, I have started to fall in love with the Western lifestyle. Um, but she, like I said, she was a really tough lady. Even they moved from Wyoming to Texas and even after her husband passed away, she got up and took care of the ranch at 70 years old. A different breed. I'm telling <laughs> like, you, these women back then were something else. I aspire to be that. She was awesome. And so I just, Blue Roan Turquoise is like a way to connect people to like the Western lifestyle. And um, it's like, I want to be able to like, provide people with turquoise like high quality turquoise that's going to get passed down for generations and generations just like the same pair pair of earrings that i wore on my wedding day special piece of jewelry timeless yeah and just and it's just like i'm a sentimental person and so having those like they are my of all of the jewelry that i have and i have a lot <laughs> um those are my favorite pair of earrings just because like what they mean to me and like what they resemble i feel like a lot of people have um turquoise jewelry that's kind of like that special to them because i'm actually we're sitting here at my desk um my little like makeup desk and I have my jewelry sitting over there and I don't think I've ever showed this to you before Michaela but I have a bolo tie over there that has a little turquoise buckle on it and my grandpa actually got that in New Mexico and like that was back in like the 50s or 60s and like he gave that to me recently and said like oh I want you to have this and like who would have thought that like you know, 70 years later, that would be something that I would want to wear with a cute outfit because turquoise is so priceless or timeless. Like it's yeah. so, it just like is perfect for like all generations. And it definitely is a piece of jewelry that gets passed down. Like it, it big time is. Yeah. I so that was just, I, I wanted to connect like women and turquoise jewelry and the Western world and it's who better such, do that through, through my great grandma. That's such a beautiful like mission statement of the company. I love it. And then how did you come up with the name Blue Roan Turquoise? Because I know this is like special too. Yeah. So originally I was thinking of naming my business Flat Hatter Turquoise Company because when Ken saw me at National Western, I was wearing a maroon flat brim hat. Wait, and so he was there at National Western too? Yes, with Ken was there. <laughs> Ken and his other roommate had like fed Waylon beer and like drinks to like pump him up to the courage to come talk to me. And so while Waylon was talking to me, Ken and the other roommate was talking to my sister who was working the booth with me. And so, so funny. So he saw you from afar and was yes. just admiring. Yeah. So, <laughs> so you had your flat hat on, yep. which is very cute. And this is like a really funny thing too. I think I've told you this before. <laughs> Back when, you know, Ken was kind of talking to you, but you guys weren't, like, exclusive. Like, you know, this was before Utah. Um, he would call you Flat Hatter Girl. Yeah, that was my name, was Flat Hatter. And so that's why I thought I should name my turquoise business Like, you'd say, Flat oh, Hatter. I got lunch in Fort Collins with Flat Hatter today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I thought about that, but Ken was like, no, Flat Hatters are like buckaroos. And, like, that's not really the cowboy style that he is. And so... I chose Blue Roan Turquoise because one of the horses in Ken's string at the ranch that he works for, his name is Watt, and he's a Blue Roan um, gelding, and he's beautiful. So he was the inspiration for my business. All of the photos that I have of Ken um, mustang or just cowboy are on Watt, and so he's a special horse because Yeah, Ken and Watt have been a duo for quite some time. For a long time, and he just, he keeps Ken safe while Ken gets to do what he loves to do, and I'm really grateful for that because they, 
do a dangerous thing right. every day. So, um, I, yeah, that was my inspiration oh, to name that. my business it's was like after what. <laughs> exactly. Well, so tell us about how it was actually starting the business because it's one thing to like have an idea of, I want to do this as a business. And then it's like a whole other can of worms to be like, okay, now I have to figure out what the heck an LLC is. And now I have to like research how to sell this stuff. So tell me about kind of like starting the business and how you got into that. Yeah. So that was... Definitely something that was new to me. Both my parents, my dad's an engineer and my mom's a physical therapist. And so they both work salary jobs. Um, Neither of them had really had to do any of this. Both my sisters are the same way. So I was kind of like on my own. A lot of my friends didn't do this. So it was Ken has an LLC for his um, shoeing business. And so I was able to like ask him also. But um, I just started doing my research. Um, I, my LLC name is different than, um, Blue Roan Turquoise just so that one day I can have multiple businesses under the same filing LLC, something that I learned actually from one of Cheyenne's equine dental clients, um, when I went with her to help float horses one day. So she was a resource and I can't even remember her name. Oh gosh. Where, where were we? We were down by Noel's house. Gosh, I'm trying to think. I can't even like shout this person out. If you know, I don't even know. I have her phone number. If I was it at a a guy named Grady's Grady. No, I don't know. Oh, Carter cattle company. Yes. 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 Yeah. It was his wife. Yes. Yes. Yep. So she was a really good um, resource and she helped me a lot. But otherwise, it was just kind of on my own, just drudging through it. And so... um, Yeah, I remember you would text me some questions and I'm like, this is what I got. I'm figuring it out too. Yeah. (laughs) So that... I mean, it was hard. I'm a very type A personality. (laughs) And so doing everything by the books and like in order was definitely like it took me several months to start my business just because I did all my research of like what do I need this and then I can do this and then like I'm very methodical and so I thought through all of like my finances and what I'm gonna need and how I'm gonna start my business and like how much do I want like how much money do I want to start with and that was something a goal for me to like keep working and do extra things to save money so that I could start my business. Um, and then just like, how am I going to market my business and advertising and what I'm going to do. And so I had all of this figured out before I even started accumulating inventory, just because I think like I wanted to have a plan once I was sitting on all this inventory, because that's also kind of scary. (laughs) Especially Um, what you sell, like with me, I have a really small overhead with dandy lashes, but turquoise, especially like authentic, real turquoise, Yeah. when you have all that inventory sitting there, that's a lot of money. Yeah. (laughs) That's a lot of money. Yeah. So I, other than that, like once I started, I hate technology and it really challenges, like we just don't get along very well. And so I took a lot of time building my own website and I take all of my own product photos. So I bought a new like Canon mirrorless camera, which I love. And I take all my own inventory photos and like all my own content photos. For the most part, I do work with a photographer and a influencer every once in a while. But other than like, it's it's just Me. you. And it's, it's a Michaela. lot of work. <laughs> um, I find myself working at like 10 o'clock at night or like this morning I was up at 7 doing stuff just because like it was right oh, at the yeah. forefront of my mind. I saw your Instagram story. I knew you were coming over here and saw you were doing stuff this morning and I'm yeah. like, oh, she's already up grinding yeah. before she has to come over here. <laughs> yeah. So, but I think it's so rewarding. Like I have other friends of mine who are just starting a business and they're like hesitant to quit their, you know, hourly nine to five, like consistent income for their business. 
And I'm just like, well, you know, it's, it is really hard. Like I struggled with it and I still work part time at the swimming pool in Fort Collins teaching private swim lessons, but it is really hard to just like kiss consistent income goodbye, but it is so rewarding. And I told her, I was like, you like, you have to invest in your future and otherwise like you're just going to continue to invest in somebody else's and invest in their business and growing their business when you can be spending that time investing in your own business. I and think that was the hardest part of me with dentistry was taking that leap. That's the hardest part hard. for anyone starting a business to make that go from your side gig to your full-time gig. Yeah. But it's like the second you do, it works because you have time to work on it. And the more time you can invest into it, the more the reward is. You get is. in or you get out what you put into it. And the more exactly. you put in. the And and that was just something, I mean, now going into fall when my husband's over on the western slope, like I get to take my business and do... I like doing trade shows. Yeah, and you're so... the queen of trade shows. Like, you are always at a trade show. And I, like, envy that because I wish that I had that kind of, like, time to research them. And, well, I mean, I shouldn't say that kind of time. That kind of discipline to sit down and be able to, like, do all that because you are always at shows. Yeah, I love it. And that's, like, that's just, it's a way that I can get my business name out there and make connections with people. Um, I've done a few like horse expos, which are not my favorite. I much prefer like the cattle shows because I, I just feel like I have a lot more in common with cattle people (laughs) instead of horse people. And I, I, you, you start traveling to enough shows and I am starting to see familiar faces back and they come back and they're like, we were hoping you'd be here. Like, it's just a good way to connect, like, a face and who you are with your business. And, like, instead of, to me, like, I, don't get me wrong, I love my online shopping. And I do online shopping with a lot of small boutiques. But I really love knowing the face and getting to meet the face behind the business. And I think that's so important And that is one of the reasons why I do those trade shows is because like getting my face and my name and my business out there all in one package and people like you get one customer where you're like really great together and you sit there and talk to them for a while. Like you're like, you're just going to get repeat customers. Exactly. And then they get a card, they know where your website is and and that kind of thing. That's awesome. That is my favorite way to market because, and advertise, because like I said before, I hate technology. And And you're a big people person. And like you said, you love talking to people. So that's like the way to go. Yeah. Social media and technology, man, it's, it's, (laughs) it's a rough game out there. It is cutthroat and it is hard. Um, so what is a typical day in the life for Michaela, owner of BRT like? Like, is there a typical day or is it? There is is no typical day because my business is still like, I'm still doing another part-time job on the side. It just kind of varies. Um, this summer I worked five days a week at a swimming pool between three and five days a week. Um, but then my other days I get up and I take product photos. I kind of create content for my social media. Um, I research like what kind of shows are around and what I can do. And just like, I've done a lot of planning out for shows that I'd like to go to for 2023. Um, so just like making the whole thing work and then like processing orders and packaging things up, which is so hard because I start to fall in love with everything that I (laughs) have in inventory and Ken has to remind me that I have to sell the jewelry and I can't just keep it all. That's like such the nice thing about having jewelry too, is that you can like use that to wear and then you have pictures with it and then you can like put it for sale. And then yeah, when it actually sells, you're like, Oh (laughs) yeah. So, but it's fine. It's fine. Like, Right. The pieces I absolutely fall in love with, I'm like, yeah, I'm keeping. I'm keeping. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so just that's kind of a a day in my life. um, And hopefully this fall it'll get more consistent. So, especially that I'm doing some shows in September and October and November. Exactly. Holidays are coming up. So, uh, like, 
sales for our kind of companies definitely go up around this time of year. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that being said, what are the ups and downs? We're going to kind of like um, transition to talking more about like your life as a cowboy wife because you recently got married in April yes. and now you are full-time business owner, full-time cowboy wife, which has its own whole set of like things going on. So what are some ups and downs of being married to a full-time cowboy? Because I know you and I have talked about this because <laughs> I come from having having to do that and it's not easy yeah um okay before I answer that question a little side note or meeting Ken and getting married so we just got married in April and I just want to share the story about our engagement and his proposal (laughs) I have been hoping that you would share this story because I have like obviously my husband's really good friends with Ken he's one of my husband's best friends and so I knew (laughs) all this before you knew, so I can't wait for you <laughs> to tell this story. Um, so six months after Ken and I started dating, he told me that I could start looking for an engagement ring. Because you guys, it's not like you were like 21 when you met. Like you guys no. were both like... I was 25 your, yeah, and like, Ken was 20... Oh, he was 30. Yeah, so you guys are like late 20s, like you guys yeah. know what you want. So six months into your dating, you're like, look, we're either doing this or we're not. And yeah. You so, already knew. Fun fact, Ken has Ken was my only boyfriend, and... Oh my yes. gosh! <laughs> so, I love that. I love that. I didn't know that. Yeah. I love it. I Just because, like, when you know, I'm... You know. Yeah. I didn't want to waste time with people who I didn't think was worth it, and yeah, when I knew, I knew. So. I love it. But six months into dating, we he told me I could go look for rings, and he didn't say anything again for a while. So I was like, well, I hope he was serious. Like, So I took my best friend, and we went shopping for rings, and I have, for, for as long as, I have always wanted um, a bigger diamond and I told Ken that, and he's like, okay, that's great. Like, I have always told my mom that I want, like, he he says, he always tells his mom or, you know, people, he's like, when I get married, I want my wife, like, I want them to have to give me a sling for her to carry her arm around in because her ring is so big, so. Um, But anyway, I went and my best friend and I picked out, I picked out the setting I wanted and I picked out a diamond that I absolutely loved And Ken was like, how's shopping with Leah going today? And I was like, great, this is what we're shopping for. And I sent him a picture of a couple diamonds on my finger. And he was like, oh, did you find one that you like? And I was like, oh, okay, so he's serious. Um, And I did. And and he's like, well, I'm not ready. I haven't asked your dad. Like, And I was like, okay, well, like, that, you know, that's what I want. That's on you. That's your job. (laughs) My job was to pick it up. Yeah. So he had called back to the store after I left and put the diamond on hold that I wanted. And then he went and picked up just the diamond. It was not set. Like I picked two. They were separate when I picked them out. And he went and picked it up in October in a little baggie. And the people at, we went to Sather's in Fort Collins. And they were like, do you want us to keep this in the vault for you until you like have it put in a setting and Ken was like no I paid for this thing like I'm taking it home with me (laughs) so this is fall and And I did not know any of this we are all on the west slope like me my husband all that (laughs) and so Ken comes back over the mountain he had gone like to go buy a diamond comes back and we're just sitting at dinner it's probably like "Eh, it's like later it's like 9 p.m 10 p.m it's really dark outside it's late we'd all been having a couple drinks and Ken, like, reaches into his little vest pocket and pulls out this little baggie. And I think it's drugs. I'm like, what the heck are you doing? It's a diamond. He's like, look what I have. I was like, Ken McCall, you go put that diamond somewhere safe. What are you doing? He just had this diamond in a little baggie for months. I'm, yeah. He carried around that little baggie. And it was, it gave us all so much anxiety because he would always bring it out. I'd be like, yeah, here's the diamond. And he'd pull it out in this little disgusting, disintegrating plastic baggie. And it would give us all so much anxiety. And you had no idea. <laughs> no idea. <laughs> he had it put into the setting like in December. And then he, I don't know when he picked it up in like January or February. I can't remember what he said or what I heard, but it like tipped me off. And I was like, he bought a ring. Like, there's there is a ring in that house for me somewhere. 
and I called my Little older sister. Little did you know sister. it wasn't in the house. It was just traveling around with him. <laughs> right. He it had it attached everywhere. to him. Yeah, he had it in his pocket at all times. <laughs> well, he did. And so part, his initial proposal was he, there, he has like, I don't know, a half a dozen or maybe eight photos of me and my diamond ring, but I have no clue that the diamond ring is in the photo. So there's pictures of like me shooting my bow and Ken, because we're big hunters and Ken standing behind me while I'm shooting, holding this diamond ring and has a picture. And that's like one of my favorite photos. There's like so many pictures that exist of you in the ring and yeah. he takes it like inconspicuously. I'm like reading a book on the couch. We were um, turkey hunting, archery turkey hunting in April. And there's pictures. We are hiking around in the mountains. In and camo. In what? camo. And Ken has this ring on his finger and is taking a picture of me with my bow and the ring, like, his hand is in the photo, and so my ring's in the photo, and just, like, he has all these pictures, and... And they were all at your wedding as decorations. It was really pretty. On, like, yeah. your little guest table, there was a bunch of pictures <laughs> printed out of you in the ring without you knowing. It was really fun. Yeah, so his initial plan was to, like, put all of those photos in my bow case so that when we went to shoot bows, I'd open it up and see that. But, yes, he carried that ring in his, loose in his pocket, for about four months. Yeah. Oh, I know. He'd all, we'd be like, Ken, where's the ring? He'd pop it out yeah. anywhere. He'd be shooing horses. He'd have the damn ring in his pocket. Yeah. Like, all of his clients, <laughs> everybody had seen it before I even, like, knew about it. And so, turkey hunting is a special... Hey, but on a ring was a little bit better than in a plastic baggie. <laughs> no, no kidding. Oh, my gosh. We When we finally got engaged, um, one of the ladies who, like is part of like owning the ranch. She came in and congratulated us and she looked at me and she said, Michaela, we are all so glad that that ring is in safer hands now because Ken has been carrying it around and he put it in his dental floss box in his ditty bag when we would go places because he's like, Michaela, we'll never need dental floss because I always have my own. A little own. 99 cent dental yes. floss thing. Yes. So, but he proposed to me our treat turkey hunting of 2021 um that's just like a special thing that we do together and so we were out tromping around in the woods and we had come home from camp or from hiking around and we were in camp and he side note <laughs> that night I had got up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom and I couldn't find my shoes so I was like looking around in the tent Dumped out his pants pocket, like, found his shoes, put his shoes on. And the next morning, he woke up, and we were camping with some friends or, you know, hunting with some friends. And he went over to them and was, like, freaking out. He's And I was like, what's going on? And he's like, I can't find the, the truck keys. And I was like, that's fine. There's a spare. Like, it's not a big deal. And he goes, no, I need to go find them. He was, like, out of his mind. And so then that night, he proposed to me when we were in camp after everybody had left and it turns out when I had got up to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night I had dumped all the contents out of his pants pocket and my diamond ring was one of them and he he couldn't find it <laughs> he couldn't find it in the oh, tent and he no. thought that I had seen it and <laughs> oh no so it wasn't so, in the dental floss it was, was in the not, pocket it was in the pocket so <laughs> maybe that was like the last straw where he was yeah, maybe like, he's like I, I need, need to, to I need to get rid of this I need to just give it to her Wow. Yeah, I'm in the words of Frida, like you said, we are so glad that the ring is in better hands yeah. because it was just loose running around. I am so glad you told that engagement story because your engagement story is one of my favorites. It is so funny. But back to that question that we yes. started with the ups and downs of being married to a full time cowboy. One of the downs being that they do crap like that, where they're just like flinging a $10,000 diamond ring around for no right. reason. Um, so. One of, like, some of the best, best, like, things that I'm so grateful for is just being so immersed in the Western lifestyle. And one of what I think about when I think of Western lifestyle is I think of the people. And everybody that surrounds, like, us and who's at the ranch and everybody who we interact with day to day and the people we meet are just like really, really good people. Like they care about you. They care about your well-being. Like they are always checking up. Like they're just really genuine people. And I think in the world we live in, that's 
really hard to find and I feel very fortunate and a little spoiled that in my world that is the only type of people there are whereas in like you know the world and like most you know in five years ago in my world those would be a rarity whereas now that is my world and it's yeah that community of like these cowboys that we have around us like it's you and I both if we were to get in trouble or, like, be somewhere with a flat tire, or, I mean, you know, something like that, or be stranded somewhere. We could call any of those it guys. It wouldn't matter what time, mm-hmm. or what they, if they had to do something the next day, they would always, If our husband couldn't be, be there, there, it's, they'd be there in a heartbeat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like I got married into so many, like, like, best friends and family like I just married into a big family and yeah and that family of that whole ranch that we've been surrounded with like we go to weddings all the time and it's like a family reunion it like is they come and you know it's we pick right off where we've left and everyone's kids are best friends and we're all just like BFFs together and that's Uncle Josh and that's Uncle Ken and it, and it, it doesn't matter how long. my heart like I I it just is a blessing Mm -hmm. it really is so that's definitely a a plus just like just who those people are and who everybody is and just the love like it's unconditional and I love that so much so um but oh another pro is just the skills that I've learned like I said I did not grow up on a ranch or My sisters had horses, like we lived on 10 acres growing up, but I've learned a lot of skills. Um, I've learned a lot about riding a horse, even though I'm definitely a beginner still. (laughs) Nah, I'd I'd Um, say you'd step up a little bit. (laughs) I, um, I, I just, I feel like I've learned a lot of life skills and really important things that you know, you miss out on like driving a 1975 feed truck. That's a manual that the steering wheels broken off and yeah. then the shifter you have to hold down in there also will come out if you don't do it. So. Yes. <laughs> I'm very grateful for my dad who taught me how to drive on an F three fifty six speed. So I was really, that was really coming that, in handy. That was a skill you had coming into yeah. this, but I didn't. I had to learn from my husband. So. But as far as like hauling trailers goes, like, Oh, because we're, you and I, like, when, like, when I was a ranch wife, and you're thrown into that. It's, okay, Shane, yes. you go do this. Like, go cook dinner for everyone, and then we need you to go haul horses in this pasture, and then we yeah. need you to pick us up and do all that. Yeah, it's it's something else. Fit saddles at 9 a.m. because we have hunters going out at, exactly. you know, 6 a.m. Like, it's insane. Yeah. So Lots I, of skills. <laughs> I love all the skills I've learned, and I'm grateful for everybody being willing to teach you nobody judges you Mm -mm. if you're just like hey how do you do this or i need help they're like let me show you like they're everybody's just happy that you're helping and happy that you're asking how to do it and they're more than willing to teach you which i love that um one of the cons (laughs) is the work hours i mean it's not oh you work nine to five it's you work until the job is done and i have gone out to cope to gather horses and we were up at four in the morning and we didn't get home until 10 o'clock but we still had to unload trailers and put all of our saddle horses away and everything like that so by the time we got back to our house it was midnight so that's like a day sometimes in the life of a cowboy and being a cowboy's wife is their long days and their hard days and they are so rewarding and I would never ever ever trade them for Mm -hmm. anything else just the amount the the country that we get to see Mm -hmm. is beautiful and it's you just are out there by yourself uh like there's no words to describe that but it's it's a different world but yeah the hours definitely the hours is I think the only con that I Well, I, I can't have. tell you how many nights I'm like, my husband's worked so hard today, I just want him to have a hot meal, and he doesn't yes. know he's going to be home. So I'm, yes. like, sitting there playing the time shuffle of, like, yes. okay, well, if I have this at this certain time, then they get annoyed that you keep asking them when you're going to get home, but I'm like, I want you to have a fresh hot meal. So yeah. Like... Something I've learned when I'm going with them is to pack a lot of snacks. Pack so much <laughs> snacks. If you are not a cowboy's wife yet and you're about to be, snacks. <laughs> All the snacks. I because remember, they can eat, like, 
a sandwich all day long. And I'm like, I need breakfast, lunch, dinner, yeah. and some snacks. And snacks in between. <laughs> when I was like 20 weeks pregnant, we were in Craig, we were over on the West Slope, and then we had to drive to, um, through Kremling to Grand Lake, we were, or Granby. We were going to this ranch to gather a bunch of our horses. It was during COVID where we had to have horses like on different pastures because we didn't have as many leases. So we had horses out on this pasture in Granby. And it was a nice family ranch. It was beautiful. But I was 20 weeks pregnant. We drove the semi over there, and we had to load horses, um, go gather, load them, and then go back to Craig. So it was like a three-hour drive there, gather load horses, in, yeah. load them, and then get in the semi and go back. I hadn't eaten all day, Michaela. I made my husband oh stop that semi in Kremling to go to that little subway on the side of the road because yep. I hadn't eaten in eight hours, and yeah. I'm 20 weeks pregnant. And I'm yep. like, you didn't tell me this was going to be a 13-hour yep. day, and I have no snacks, and I'm pregnant. So it was like getting him to stop that semi in Kremling, like where the, the road's like this big, and stop a semi full of horses. I didn't care, though. I was yeah. like, I'm getting a damn sandwich. Yeah. Ken has a basket in his backseat full of snacks, and there's always granola bars and... Like tuna Looks packets. Like he learned. And, oh, yes. I am not pleasant to be around when I get angry. <laughs> I love it. So, this is a question we're going to wrap up here. This is a question we ask all of our um, guests that we have on, and I feel like you're going to have a really good answer. But what is the biggest piece of advice or like um, value that someone can get from your story? Like, what is the biggest thing that someone can learn from your story? As a planner, I thought that I had planned my whole life out and it was just going to go exactly how I planned. And I was so focused on getting to the end, like when I was in PA school or, you know, wanting to go to PA school, like I just wanted to be a PA. And I think the biggest piece of advice is plans change and you just need to enjoy the process, enjoy the process of getting there. And sometimes it changes directions and sometimes you end up doing something completely different and it's, you know, meant to be that way. It's what you're supposed to be doing and so rewarding to be doing that, that, um, yeah, I would just say don't focus on the end goal, but just enjoy the process and just enjoy all of the seasons of life that you get to go through and all the moments because... You're not like, guaranteed to have those forever. Yeah. yeah. And you're not like, you. yeah, you might not get them tomorrow. And like, if you don't enjoy them, then the end is just not re- going to be rewarding because you're just like, oh yeah, straight path there. Instead of like, oh, I did this and this and oh, and then for six months I did this or whatever. So I would say just enjoy the process. I think a lot of people can... Um, relate to that. We have a lot of like younger listeners in their early twenties that like don't know where their life is going and they don't, you know, have a clear path. And it's like, that's going to be the time you look back on and like, Oh, I got to go on this cool adventure that took me here. And this is how I ended up. So it's so true. Like just yeah. enjoying that like wild ride. Cause yeah, a couple years ago, if you would have told you what you're doing, what you're yeah, doing now, like I started as an architecture major and now <laughs> I'm a business owner and I did so many things in between. So. And your husband's a cowboy and you have no yes. idea how the hell you got here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> But I'm glad I did. Now you're having to put 12-hour days in the saddle, and you're like, why did I get to this point? What happened? I love it. Well, Michaela, thank you so much for being on this podcast. I know you said you were nervous, but this one turned out so good. good. We've had a lot of people request you come on, and I'm so excited to finally have you on. And maybe, you know down the road and stuff like that when businesses grow we can have you on again for a little update definitely so with that being said we're gonna go ahead and end here thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode of the women in western podcast make sure you guys are following our instagram at women in western podcast for all the podcast updates and to give us um, some feedback on what you want to see on future episodes we have new episodes every wednesday and until next week have a great rest of your week guys see you next week